Welcome everyone to the first episode of the Arena Football League podcast. We are kicking things off with our show, the official podcast of the Arena Football League. I'm your host, Rod Gomez. Joining me is Chase Sessoms, the AFL contributor extraordinaire. You can find his work all over the website as well. Chase, my friend, first of all, Welcome to episode one of the show. Are we excited to be chasing our arena dream together and starting this uh, this show and this this league off? I, Rod, I'm so excited. I considered legally changing my name to Chase Dreams. It's <laughs> I I'm pumped. the The more I I dig into these rosters and get a look at these players and the backgrounds of the coaches, it, it's we both have the same love for for these all leagues, especially the fact that you know. People, their dream doesn't have to end that they can keep playing football i mean why do we all love the movie bull durham because it's romantic the, the fact that someone can still be out there and give so much for their sport and so i i'm just can't wait i cannot wait for the afl to kick off and so as we know the afl is coming into its another generation of the arena football league bringing it back and uh, we actually get the opportunity to talk to the commissioner himself lee hutton later on in this show and, and pick his brain about the future of this league. I mean, again, we all know the past. We're very, very clear on what's happened before and the hibernation uh, that, that happened. And now the AFL is being ushered into a new generation with some familiar names, some familiar team names. You'll see some of the names that you remember from your childhood, but you'll also see some newer teams. And even more exciting, Chase, I think, and this is really as, as we talk about chasing the uh, arena football dream in that, we get to see teams from leagues that are now elevating themselves up another notch. You know, some of these other uh, indoor football leagues that are, are are playing now, they're being elevated to the Arena Football League, a much bigger stage and a much more opportunity for them to really live out these dreams. So there's a lot going on, and we're only a few months away from it happening. Right. I mean, and like you said, I mean, you're taking champions of other leagues and putting them into the arena football league. You look at like the Salina Liberty or Salina Salina. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get, the, we'll get there with the, the pronunciation with uh, Salina, but uh, yeah, you look at them. They, they won their, their league last year. You look at the Wichita regular, they were playing for the love of the game as an independent went five and oh, as far as I'm concerned, that's a championship you got, you know, tons of talent. And you have, like you said, these teams that are ready to step up into the league like this. And it's just words escape me. I'm too, I'm too hype right now. Well, and it is a celebration. Obviously this is the first episode of this show. We are the arena football league podcast. And so we will be bringing you content each and every week, even a couple of times a week here. Once the season starts cranking up as far as the arena football league, we'll be covering the games. We'll be talking to players, coaches, commissioners, uh, again, a little bit about myself and Chase. Uh, we both are, are huge football fans, and I'll let Chase tell his story in a little bit. But just to get to know your hosts a little bit better, uh, my name is Rod Gomez, and I absolutely adore football. I was making football leagues up in my front yard when I was a kid. I was keeping stats. I basically built a, an alternative football league in my own head, and I was the only one playing. So I was a, a nerd from way back. And so anytime I get the opportunity to cover any kind of football, I'm all over it. I've covered the AAF. I've covered the XFL, the USFL, the Indoor Football League, Arena Football League in its uh, past iterations. Essentially, if they're playing football, I'm talking about it. And I absolutely love it. My passion for football is, 
taking me to some crazy places. And uh, and I'm just excited, first of all, to be to covering the AFL in this go around and, and just talking more football, Chase, because I've told people a million and a half times, football does not end when the Super Bowl is over. Football just begins for those of us junkies. And I know you're of the same uh, of the same mindset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have to give some credit to uh, my good friend XFL Jim for for pulling me into these leagues. He, he's gotten me to where I even pay attention to X League in Japan and th- those players. And I, you know, I, I grew up in a town that did not have really professional sports teams. Minor league teams was the best that we could do. But you know what? We had an AF2 team. We had the Arkansas Twisters. And I'll. I'll be damned. It wasn't one of the best, you know, things you could do on a on a Friday, Saturday night, you know, during during the season. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait. I I do very much enjoy the spring leagues from from the USFL to the XFL to the UFL now, just because of the like we said, there's there's the romanticism of it, and plus there you have your favorite players that you've seen play all through college, maybe you even tracked them through high school, and now you get to see them keep going. You know, the guys that you love to root for, and you, you love to root for leagues like the Arena Football League because you love to root for those players. And again, they're players that, if you're familiar with spring leagues, if you're familiar with leagues that uh, that aren't the NFL, and sometimes even the NFL, I mean, there are NFL players that will be taking the field and, and play former NFL players that will be taking the field uh, to, to continue to play football for the love of the game. And so you're going to recognize a few of those names. You may not recognize a lot of those names, but the great part about these types of leagues, right? If you're, if you're brand new to spring football, if you're brand new to arena football, if you're brand new to any, anything that's not the NFL, what you're going to love. And, and the thing that I think all of us have come to love is that you get to know more football players and, and you get to know them on a more personal basis sometimes than the guys in the, in the NFL, because I'll tell you, the the AFL rosters are much, much smaller. I mean, there's 21 active players that are on a roster. So you'll see these guys go both ways. You'll see them play offense and defense. And so you'll hear their names a lot. You'll see their stories a lot. And you'll you'll get to know them and their talents. And so I think to me, if you're a, a, a football purist, if you're somebody who loves football, you almost love this league more because of the opportunities to get to know these players on a deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just from the experience of dealing with other spring leagues and alt leagues, these guys are super accessible. They want to get their name out. They want to get they want you to see their tape. They want you to to come to the games and, and cheer them on. And so, yeah, having these guys out there accessible, ready to play, it's it's a fan's dream, really, when it comes to when it comes down to it. Yeah. And again, like I said, I mean, if, if you're new to the Arena Football League and the Arena Football, obviously it's played indoors. Let's let's get that out of the way first. It's played yeah. indoors and it's it's mainly played in stadiums that sometimes double as hockey rinks, sometimes double as concert venues. I know ours here in uh, in Stockton, we actually had a, a hockey team and an arena football league. And I remember that on weekends where, you know, both of them ended up playing and uh, there was a quick switch over from the hockey to the uh, to the turf. And so it's it's a much smaller game. The field is only 50 yards, right? There's a 25 yard line as the center line. Um, you know, the, the, the players on the field, there's only seven on seven. And so a lot of it is condensed within that time. Uh, there's a lot of motion, right? A lot of, of motion that you're not used to a lot of pre-snap motion. And, and essentially the game is so much faster. It's, it's a lot more high scoring than uh, obviously the NFL is, but also don't let that fool you because sometimes it's not, sometimes uh, it's, it's even harder to put down touchdowns in such a a limited space. So you kind of get the whole gambit, but really 
what the whole AFL brand is about is the action, the excitement, and it happens so close to you. I mean, you're in, like I said, you're not in some grand, gigantic arena. Sometimes you're in a nice, cozy little 5,000-seat arena, and you know in those ones, you can get really up close to the action. And so you're right on top of the field in most cases. Yeah, and I mean, that's got to be one of the best experiences, right? I mean, I, I know for me, when I'm watching football on television, I, I love when I can hear every single call that the the quarterback is making, you know, all the checks and everything like that. You're, you really kind of get to be inside of the game with, with being so close. And who knows? I mean, you might end up with a souvenir player in your lap that you can take home later. <laughs> I love it because most of the time it's it's if the ball goes into the stands, you get to keep the ball. So uh, that's another nice little wrinkle. And you're right. A souvenir player that falls in. You got to give them back. You, you know, uh-huh. them, unfortunately, but, yeah. um, but you do. I mean, and another thing, too, about it is it is it talk about the accessibility of these guys. A lot of times they're hanging around waiting after the game to sign autographs. And you're allowed in most places. I can't speak for all arena uh, leagues, but in most places you're allowed on the field. You're allowed to do you know, uh, meet and greets on the field after the game. And, and that's another level that you don't get in the NFL. You can't just walk on and say hello to Travis Kelsey and, and, and Taylor Swift after the game, right? You have to, you have to just sit there and watch them walk off the field. And in some cases you're 16 miles up. So, I mean, you, you get a lot more accessibility with these guys and, and this, this league as a whole is just fun, not just for that reason, but, but for the whole, you get to get to be a part of the action. Yeah, and I, and I mean, if you think about the NFL, like, they had to change rules to encourage offense and everything. It's just the, this game automatically lends it to itself. You mentioned the one of my favorite parts, which is the speed, just how fast some of these guys are uh, when they incorporate like kind of the waggles that you use in Canadian football, where people are getting running starts coming from the coming from the uh, line of scrimmage, and they've only got to go fifty yards, and they are just flying. It's one of the coolest things to watch, and I, I'm really really excited about this yeah being a db in this league is is not for the faint of heart and they'll tell you too i've talked to so many of them in, in which they say listen in the arena football league in the in the indoor game in general you're gonna get beat and you're gonna get to be a lot the the key to it is to remember that you line up again and you get an opportunity to beat that guy instead right i mean so he's like you're gonna get beat but the great part about it is that you got another play and a couple, couple plays later in order to stop him. Right. And to, you get to the, the Iron Man element of it, which is uh, say someone got the best of you last uh, last drive. You get to maybe get back and get the best of them the next drive running a route. So it's it's really kind of builds itself for, for like personal rivalries and everything. It's really. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a small league. I mean, this is only 16 teams. Right. And so we don't have the 32 team juggernaut. We have 16 fantastic teams. That will be taking the field, and that breeds rivalries. It's a, a condensed season, right? Ten games, ten regular season games. So the action is going to come at you hot and fast, and from all ends. And I, I think as we gear up toward this season, and as we gear up toward the excitement of it all, I mean, we got a lot to look forward to in a little time, but we also have to treasure it because it's about to go fast. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you were talking about ty- being able to build a rivalry. If you just look at the Central Division, you've got three teams in Kansas alone. You've got the the battle for Kansas in the Central Division. That's got its own little uh, little extra fold into the into the drama of the uh, AFL season. Cuts down on travel, does it? Um, no. All right. Well, let's segue into actually taking a look at what to expect as far as uh, the teams are involved. As you said before, we have uh, three, four divisions rather, and uh, we start with the East Division. The Albany Firebirds, now you may remember, 
that the Albany has a long history of arena football. So they'll bring the Firebirds into the fold playing from Albany, New York. You got the Minnesota myth playing out of St. Paul, Minnesota. One of my favorites and, and a nice throwback. I'm so glad the Nashville cats are coming back uh, playing out of Nashville, Tennessee. I, I used to live in that area. So seeing that Nashville logo right here, man, right here. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia soul, you know, them long time, uh, Long-time arena football vets. So out of that East Division, though, I mean, it, it, this is an exciting collection of teams. And obviously, there's some familiar names in there. But uh, this will be a, a definitely new take on it. Uh, what are we excited about out of the East Division? I mean, if you look at the Albany Firebirds and just the list of players that they've managed to amass at this point, you have a ton of arena league foot, you know, arena league experience coming in. Uh, you have players that I, I, one in particular, I'm very excited about Uh wide receiver slash defensive back, Markel Wade, who was at Arkansas, uh, who was playing with the uh, Jacksonville sharks for the last year and the, uh, in the NAL. And uh, he is a speedster, but I think he could also just be a thumper on defense. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to live up to names like uh, Eddie Brown when it comes to, to the Albany firebirds, but you know, it's uh, I'm sure there's someone out there who's going to definitely give it a shot. Oh, yeah. And again, we're in for a lot of uh, action from all of these guys, and especially from the cities like Nashville, like Philadelphia, like Albany, who are are all season vets when it comes to watching their team on a, a arena football field. So let's move to the South Division real quick. We got Georgia Force. We got the Louisiana Voodoo. We've got the Orlando Predators and we've got the West Texas Desert Hawks. So Georgia playing out of Atlanta. Louisville play or Louisiana rather playing at a Lake Charles, uh, Orlando playing at Orlando, and then uh, the West Texas playing out of Odessa. Some of these are smaller market teams that are, like I said, making that jump up. The West Texas West Texas Desert Hawks, one of those teams. Uh, Orlando Predators, another one. They're making the jump from the uh, NAL to the uh, AFL, and then the Louisiana Voodoo and Georgia Force. Like all of these teams have storied histories in and of themselves. And now we get to watch them in the arena football league. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, let's, you even have Odessa, Texas, which is just a storied town for football. I mean, we all know where, where Friday night lights was set. Um, was it the six flag over Texas mojo? Was that, is that what they said? Yeah. Uh, plus, I mean, it, it, does it get much cooler than the voodoo as a, as a name for, for a team? I'm not sure that it does. No, no. And the merch just sells itself. I'll tell you that one right now. So I'll be excited to be a, a voodoo fan at some point in this season. Uh, the Central Division, like uh, like Chase said, we might as well just rename this the Kansas Division. Uh, we do have the Iowa Rampage, right, out of Council Bluffs, Iowa. Then we have the Salina, Kansas, uh, Salina Liberty. I have family in Salina, so hi, Salina. Uh, and then we've got the Southwest Kansas Storm playing out of Dodge City and the Wichita Regulators playing out of Park City, Kansas. So a lot of Kansas teams, which, again, cuts down on travel because – Kansas is not that gigantic of a state. It's it's big when you drive through it, but it's not that huge. So uh, this right. will be a definite rivalry to see who the king of Kansas is. That's true. Well, I, I know who's winning the hashtag battle right now, and it's the regulators with hashtag mount up uh, for their for their uh, their social media. Uh, also got some news today with uh, the we have a head coach signed for the uh, Iowa Rampage. Tyus Jones uh, is going to be joining, and he's somebody who has literally been through every step of arena football. I mean, he got a start as a player in the AF2. He managed to make it up to the AFL. He's worked as a defensive coordinator, then also worked as a head coach with the Topeka Tropics for, uh, for I believe it's the uh, CIF. Uh, so I, I, he's going to get his first 
uh, crack at head coaching in the in the AFL and uh, you know or sorry his first crack at coaching an AFL team and uh, I, I'm looking forward to to you know seeing new blood seeing what kind of plays he can he can dial up uh, yeah should be should be a good coach for him. There's going to be a lot of great coaches, and, and I'm going to be excited to talk to uh, the commissioner, to Lee, about all of the, the different coaches and, and even players that are going to be taking the field. I'm going to be excited to hear what his take is because, again, being a commissioner, I mean, you got to be, you got to be down the middle sometimes, but I, I bet there's something that he's excited about, and I'm, I'm really anxious to hear what that is out of him. Uh, all right, and then let's take a look at the, uh, the final division in this. Uh, you have got the West Division. The West Division, which is kind of close to uh, to my neck of the woods, right? You've got the Washington Wolfpack, you've got the Billings Outlaw, you've got the Rapid City Marshals, and then you've got the Oregon uh, Black Bears, which, by the way, it's not Black Bears, it's Black Bears. So if you're ever looking it up and you're confused as to why, it's, it's Black Bears. It's all one word. But Billings playing out of Billings, Montana, Oregon playing out of Salem, Rapid City playing out of Rapid City, South Dakota, and then the Washington Wolfpack playing out of Everett, Washington. A lot of storied arena and indoor football cities as well so again we're not moving into cities that aren't familiar with this a lot of these have uh have big big time histories with arena football and indoor football yeah absolutely and uh, you know i one of the things that you have to love about arena football is just the the fact that it, it gives these smaller markets a chance and you even kind of called back to it the fact that uh, you know, uh, a, a team like Billings can play could play against a team like Orlando or Philadelphia, these bigger metropolitan areas. Uh, you know, it it gives you the the small town guys something to rally around. And I, I mean, I honestly think that this might be the coolest uh, division when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, team names here. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I muted myself on that one. Uh, yeah, no, the season runs uh, from April into June, right? So it'll be a nice little buffer between your NFL season and, of course, the beginning of uh, when the NFL really starts to ramp up there toward the beginning of July. Uh, so really, again, we are here as the official podcast of the Arena Football League. We're going to be covering all of this, all of the action from the field and behind the scenes. Uh, but really, what we're here to do also is to just sort of augment your experience. You know, as you venture into this arena football league, this, this new world for some of you who may just be stumbling upon it, which by the way, welcome in to the family. We are so happy to have you because we are football enthusiasts and we love the arena game. And, and we're just going to continue to be here to provide you that extra oomph as far as um, fan experience and fan engagement. So we're your show. We're the arena football league show. And, uh, and we're just excited to be, to be running with this. Yeah, and uh, it's personal. Note, I'm excited to to be able to contribute with with one of my favorite people, Rod Via Gomez, who's uh you know just the the professionals professional, as I like to say. Um, yeah, can't can't wait to get started. It's already been a ton of fun just researching the players, researching the coaches. Uh, you know, getting the written content ready. I you know it's it's going to be a big thing, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Indeed. Again, this show is just to hit the ground running introduce ourselves, introduce the show a little bit, get your feet wet. Uh, we will come back again next week with a, a lot more hard hitting. You know, we'll cover the schedule. We'll cover a, a lot of uh, the players and the coaches to expect and to look for on the field. Uh, but again, the main thrust of this was just to introduce the show to you and also bring you our big first guest. I mean, we can't come out of the gate slow, right? We've got to come out with a heavy swinger. 
Uh, so we're going to introduce that guest in just a second. But uh, Chase, I look forward to this season. I look forward to having some fun with you and, and talking Arena Football League. Well, thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, just can't wait to get started. And now, without any further ado, let's bring on the commissioner himself, Lee Hutton III. We have the honor of being joined by the commissioner of the Arena Football League, the rebirth of the Arena Football League, <laughs> Lee A. Hutton III. Lee, welcome to the show, first of all. And listen, just to be honest, thank you for bringing Arena Football back to us. We missed it, and I'm so glad, and I think I speak for everybody to say, we are glad that it's back. So thank you very much, and thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me, but really all the thanks goes to the fans and people who are just enthusiasts of arena football. Uh, if there wasn't the brand equity uh, of arena football out there, people who just wanted a different type of hard-nosed, gridiron, Ironman football uh, uh, in their face, uh, we wouldn't be here. So I, I think the thanks certainly extends to the people who kind of kept the name alive. Yeah, and again, it's very gracious of you, first and foremost. Uh, but I will say that uh, arena football is is more of a niche, obviously, than your normal outdoor football game. And, mm -hmm. and it is a certain fan base that sort of is drawn to it. And so um, as, you, as you're looking forward to this season and you're looking forward to the rebirth of the AFL, overall, what are you most excited about? I know what we're excited about, but what are you as the commissioner most excited about? Sure. It's excited and relief. Uh, you know, <laughs> relief when the first coin toss goes, but I'm excited uh, for all the hard work we've done in a matter of uh, within 365 uh, days. Uh, and I think when uh, I, we show people, you know, what's been going on behind the scenes. I, I think they will be proud of the product that we've put out there. I think they will be uh, surprised of uh, kind of the monumental hurdles we had to uh, climb. But for me, mostly, uh, I'm going to be excited about uh, really just giving this entertainment uh, to people who've missed out on it for so long. Um, and, and what I mean by that is and not, and not just the people People who uh, remember it 30 years ago or at its inception in 1987, uh, anytime that you have something to, uh, to enjoy, I have young kids, uh, and it's nostalgic when you grow up with something uh, that becomes part of your life that you look, something, you look forward to. Uh, and to give this wonderful game, this wonderful tradition that has grown with arena football and pass that down to the millennials and millennials pass it down to the Gen Ys and the Gen Xs. And I don't know what comes after that, the one, two, threes, uh, but, but, to, but to give something that really has uh, its roots in fan engagement, but family fun. Uh, I, that's what I'm excited for. And this is something that uh, I really strongly want to put something that is sustainable. Uh, I know uh, that there's been much heartbreak when, uh, you know, 1987 started and then all of a sudden I, I don't call it uh, uh, a bankruptcy or anything. I like to call it hibernation when it went in hibernation again. I, it's my job to make sure that we never fall asleep, that we never be quiet. And so I'm really excited of 
of our partners, uh, from broadcast, from uh, apparel to uh, just our charity partners with USA Football. Uh, and so, golly, what am I not excited about? Is is kind of the easier discussion. <laughs> and listen, that is great to hear too, because again, we've all sort of had and been down this road before, and we felt the we felt the pain of, of losing mm-hmm. something that we love so much. And so, when you talk about the the rich tradition. What was the process of bringing it back? And and really, you talked about the hurdles and the obstacles that were there. I mean, talk about some of the stuff you had to overcome just to put this on the field, because it's been a couple of years since we've seen the product. And I know this will be a different yep. iteration of it, but but what was the process like? Absolutely. No, it's uh, that's a great question. Certainly something that uh, I can give uh, tidbits because it's so hard to uh, answer that question in a short time frame. Uh, but when uh, this opportunity was brought and I can't uh, leave out uh, one of my best friends, which has been a pleasure to work with Travel Gaines. Uh, he and I just kind of took a moment and everybody that was so excited to bring this forward. We said, OK, guys, there's just a lot of information. Let me and Travel go into a closed room, and and we stayed there for months. And we did research. We called old commissioners. We talked to old owners. We talked to old players. Uh, we we're on the phone with these guys for hours. We met them in person, uh, and then we kind of said, "Okay, you know, uh, Lee, you're a former NFL agent. You're an entertainment attorney. You do litigation. Uh, Travel, you've trained some of the top athletes in the world. You're managing." Uh, athletes, uh, you you know marketing deals, and so we started to to kind of uh, take out the moldy old ways of doing things and kind of inputting uh, a new way of accepting uh, entertainment and uh, you know technology is one of them. Uh, making sure uh, that our social media and other other content uh, makes some sense. Doing podcasts uh, like this, uh, all um, uh, in this integrated communication. Form. Uh, and so once we had that kind of structure, then we had to get people who truly wanted uh, to carry out the vision and not for themselves. Uh, but uh, you'll hear this uh, from me a lot because I truly uh, uh, buy into this fan focused theme. You know, this AFL, we cannot do it because the commissioner likes this. We can't do it because the CEO likes this. Uh, that is not what necessarily fans like. Uh, and I'm I'm the true uh, enthusiast of football. Uh, so when when a game goes off, and I don't care if it's my favorite team or not, I'm looking for the, the next game <laughs> to come on to cheer on. And so when you have other leagues and you have other forms of football, we want that content on TV. And so I really, well, they see it as competitors, you know, I can't uh, uh, call myself a champion if I don't have anybody to play against. And I think having that arms race of, okay, this league is doing it this way, we better, you know, go 10 times better. And then they say, wow, they were really successful. Let's get 10 times better. That's where fans benefit uh, in that. And so we really took a fan focus. Now, unfortunately, and we will, uh, like I said, I keep receipts. Uh, We've had people sabotage, call our arenas uh, say things that uh, were unsavory uh, about this. And I'm scratching my head and you sit back and I uh, often 
uh, confide in Travel and say, you know, are they doing it for the sport? Are they doing for the fans? Or they really don't want uh, this form of football to come back. Uh, now, I've said it before. My southern grandmother says I'm well balanced because I got a chip on both shoulders. So, <laughs> so we can we can take it. I, you know, I can tell you the more tomatoes that you throw at me, uh, the more t- tomato soup I'm going to eat. So, uh, but but those struggles have been just really just. Uh, uh, mind blowing to me because when I look at uh, these these athletes who call me and say, you know, I am uh, 21 years old. I just didn't have the opportunity. I still have some uh, fuel in my tank. Uh, uh, the arena football brings me back. Uh, it gives me hope. Or the one person who says, I remember going to an Albany uh, game or uh, uh, another arena football game with my father and he's no longer around. Thank you for that nostalgia. That right there uh, is what wakes me up at 4.30 in the morning so we can get uh, uh, grinding again. Uh, and so, you know, with, despite all the challenges, I, there's been so much reward uh, with this uh, and hopefully we can kind of pass on those uh, good blessings to people who will be sitting uh, in the row watching our games or watching it on TV and streaming as well. <laughs> yeah, and and I think we'd be best friends in another life because I'm more football. I know I never. Everybody says the football season ends in February, and, and I'm always like, no, no, football never ends. There's that's right football going on. You just have to know where to find it. So uh, exactly. And and I was lucky enough to grow up in a city. Uh, in Stockton, where we had the Stockton Lightning of the Arena Football 2. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I got to watch it. And of course, now we have uh, close enough uh, indoor type football. But um, so when you talk about all of this football, right, it, it's a lot of football. It's a lot of players that are, are trying to get their feet wet. Mm-hmm. What's the player pool like at your level now? What are the challenges? And I know rewards, but what are, sure. how are you bringing players to you um, and, and that are fitting the mold for this league? Absolutely. I can tell you, I mean, if I could make six leagues, I would do it because we are getting guys. Uh, and, and I think timing is also a, uh, a blessing and a curse for a lot of uh, football players. When I was coming out in 1999 for, from a Big Ten school, uh, you had uh, some of the uh, alternative football programs, they started to, to, to die down. Uh, NFL Europe uh, was kind of uh, shaky. So there w- weren't a lot of opportunities. And if you went to Canada, uh, what people don't know, you have to pay taxes in Canada and the United States. And so as a football player, um, uh, your your options are, are quite limited. Uh, with that being said, that also made uh, arena and indoor football more attractive uh, to American athletes to stay in, uh, uh, stay in play. Now, what was um, uh, beneficial with all these athletes with this player pool, uh, you know, there's some areas like Texas, California, uh, Louisiana, uh, Georgia that have players. I mean, you throw a rock, you'll hit somebody who can run a 4-3. But I've been amazed. I probably get uh, maybe between 50 and 60 players reaching out to me personally on Twitter. And so we put them in a database. We send it to all the teams. Uh, teams are starting to do tryouts. And I can give you an example. We had a recent tryout with Minnesota uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, we had close to 100 athletes. Uh, and, and mind you, we only have 24 spots for teams. And three of those spots uh, are alternate players. So 21 on the active roster. Uh, and so, you know, 
spots are very limited. And then with the UFL and the uh, uh, USFL, or UFL becoming the USFL and XFL, uh, those players uh, that didn't make the roster uh, from the teams that didn't make the cut, uh, they're starting to reach out uh, to uh, the Arena Football League. Not to mention, I mean, we have some notable names like Matt Elam, uh, you know, who played for the Baltimore Ravens and more and more NFL uh, stars that are coming on and saying, you know, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of great. So, uh, you know, fortunately, uh, fortunate for us, uh, there has just been a plethora of players out there uh, that want to play under this brand. Uh, and so we're thinking about, okay, what, are, what does expansion look like next year? What does a development uh, uh, squad look like? Uh, uh, and especially, you know, with, with that being said, we're also uh, uh, going to have our players play in the Olympics in 2028. Uh, so we're really finding more and more opportunities for players to not just play under the arena football brand, uh, but really kind of branch out and in, in like you say, you know, I can't get enough of football. So. Hmm. When you talk about when you talk about playing other places, I know that the ultimate goal of most of these players is to get another shot at the yeah. NFL, right? A lot of these guys want to get tape, and a lot of you guys. But for me, and I've always kind of equated uh, spring football or or football after the NFL as it can be its own brand. So, at sure. what what balance are you are you taking to this? Are you are you hoping that these guys get second looks up in the NFL, or do you really want to build this out to be a standalone brand? I, I think it's both. It's a little bit of both. We have a great relationship and respect the NFL for what they they've done. I, you know, we've talked to people in their uh, higher uh, executive committees. And so there's a great relationship. Uh, right now, what I would like to see is 30% of players having a shot uh, in the in the NFL. I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, you know, that's every kid's dream. That was my dream. Uh, and then 30% of guys who say I want something different, a little bit more in the tank, come on down to arena football, get developed, maybe you go back up. Uh, now, eventually, I do think there is um, this storm brewing uh, of, of this new content. So uh, you have outdoor football that the NFL certainly has uh, a lock and hold to. Uh, and then you you have uh, the arena indoor football. And I always say it's, it's just kind of a separate brand of football. It's still football, just a different type. So if you like more of the intimate fan engagement kind of feel, uh, I, but with professional athletes who are, you know, every bit as good as, as someone else, because it's, it really is somewhat different skill set. You know, I, you know, I played outdoor football for a Big Ten school. I, I was a fast slot receiver. That's what I did. Um, uh, but when you look at this Ironman concept in arena football, you really have to be more holistic and uh, have have talent that's kind of across the board. And I can tell you, even athletes respect that because not every athlete uh, can transition as well. Uh, and for coaches, the coaches have to really balance. Do I have uh, an offensive lineman that's typical six foot five, 300, but I may have to have him on the other side of the ball that's a little bit more athletic that can get to the quarterback. And so now you have to really, really manage your roster in a, in a very different uh, strategic way uh, because you don't have the depth uh, with the 53-man players. Uh, but with that being said, I do think eventually as we get into 
um, uh, more of a content-driven world where you can see arena football at your fingertips on your phone, on your tablets. I mean, we live in a world that you just can't escape content. Uh, and certainly, if you know Terrell and I, we're going to find that niche to get that content out there. And so I think when we start doing that, especially for the young kids, uh, I think there's going to be a brand of football uh, that people are going to say, I am more of uh, of a you know medium rare steak guy or a, a well done steak guy. I'm a, I'm an indoor football guy. You're an outdoor football guy, and I and I think that's going to start to develop. I mean, we've seen kind of this arms race with broadcast media, uh, you know, kind of changing. I mean, that's every day you're looking at uh, a broadcast company or a major sports team that's losing a contract, and then all of a sudden, uh, a streaming service is coming in and taking over that platform. So that's going to change a little bit. And the reason why that's so interesting, because you can really touch uh, I, I, a little bit more uh, uh, geographically uh, uh, and geocentrically what people would want. You know, what flavor of ice cream do they want? That's a content they're either going to go to or you can stream it in their homes. Now, with that being said, uh, if I could uh, just throw um, a, a, a shotgun uh, uh, net over people who love indoor football and hit them with a 99% accuracy rate uh, like streaming does, that's when you really kind of touch, uh, uh, you know, who you want. And because of that, I, I think it's going to help us really brand this as a standalone uh, entity going forward. But I think that's a 5, 10, and 20-year uh, plan. I mean, again, it's not easy, especially with the NFL being king and, and everybody gravitating toward that. And when the season's over, everybody takes a a big deep breath and doesn't realize right. yeah but there's still other players that are grinding toward that that goal that ultimate that's right and and i and i think there's a there's a great um um kind of tangle dance uh you know i'm my wife would tell you i'm not a good dancer uh two left feet <laughs> but what i do appreciate uh is that uh, in the tangle it takes two to make it look good and i think you know this concept of spring football is really going to stick i don't think that's a concept that's going to go away uh and so anytime you have competition you have to have a beginning uh you know preseason camp and games uh then you have to have the content of where people uh, you know, uh, compete. And then you eventually have to have a winner sooner or later. Uh, and then once you have that winner, then you tell everybody, okay, we'll see you next year, but go back to the drawing board. And that's when the draft comes. Uh, and so strategically, when we started, uh, uh, this is Travell and I kind of locking ourselves in a room and saying, what's the best schedule for us? Because we got a lot of complaints from people of saying, well, your season's too, too, too short. It's by design. Just, just, just let us let us fill this out. Uh, it was it was by design. Uh, Ten weeks, and then with the playoff uh, games and ultimately the Arena Bowl, so we can fit in the spring slot. And, and so as soon as Mr. Irrelevant walks across the stage, uh, and after they crown the champion, I think people in this tangle dance of football uh, will do the outdoor two step. Uh, and then when uh, Mr. Irrelevant walks across the stage, then that two-step uh, changes into spring indoor football. And I think that's going to be a great 
uh, benefit from the football enthusiast because now you get something a little different. You get it a little short, and then once we're over, uh, uh, we end on July 20th, two weeks before training camp starts. Now you're back into uh, uh, the outdoor football mold. So there's this kind of perfect yin and a yang, the storm that's kind of brewing, and I think uh, we'll complement each other very well. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, do you want 10 good weeks of football or do you want a 14, 16 week kind of thrown together, maybe it passed its prime because you can't, you know, you got to. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. um, All right. So listen, I know that you can't play favorites. I know you're the commissioner. (laughs) Is there a coach that you are excited to see kind of take his, uh, take his job and, and take the team to the next level so far this season? How about I give you coaches? <laughs> so, and you're That's absolutely awesome. right. I mean, <laughs> when when I talk to Coach Ware uh, over at Albany and his just you know uh, just understanding of the game historically, I mean, he blows my mind. He's also one of the guys that says, uh, you know, what about this rule? What about this rule? Change it this way. And and they these guys know the rule book, uh, you know, in and out. Uh, and then you kind of cross the border and you do, uh, you know, Coach Cedric over at Billings. I mean, somebody who's played the game, uh, who will tell you. Uh, and if you if you talk to him enough, you'll find out that this is not just uh, a bunch of baloney he's giving you. He says AFL football saved his life. Uh, and that's in his coaching, and that's how he's treating players, and that's how he's uh, coming to the game uh, in his general management capacity uh, with Billings, and he's going to be a tremendous coach. Then you had uh, uh, Coach Siegfried. It's going to see, you know, let's see if he's going to get back uh, into the swing of things coaching after being a commissioner for another league for several years, you know. you know. But he tells me that once you uh, put on that coaching hat and blow a whistle, uh, you, you, you never change. And so it's going to be exciting uh, to see how he adapts. Uh, Then you have Ricky Foggy here at Minnesota. I mean, not only um, uh, has he been a legend at college football and in Canada, but he was a legend in arena football. Uh, And so he has this offensive uh, mind. Uh, He will tell you that he can spot talent a mile away. So that's something that we're going to see in Coach Shriver from Louisiana, uh, who's there. And, I, and the list goes on and on. And so I, I'm really um, impressed uh, on all the teams that not only did they tap into uh, just talented coaches, but they tapped into coaches who not just knew the game, but actually absorbed the game as a cultural part of their life. Uh, uh, and they're able to also teach these other young men. Uh, and, and I think fans on uh, how important AFL or this type of football uh, uh, can transition off the field uh, to make you a better person, to make you a better teammate, to make you a better a husband or wife or something. And I know, you know, we've heard that from other people uh, saying that, but these guys, man, they do, they believe it. Uh, and I've been really impressed uh, seeing them work. Uh, now, I, there's a couple of coaches that are going to get really, really uh, intense. So, you know, I've already said, I issue fines if it goes too far. <laughs> so we may have to do an AFL UFC, but uh, no, we have, we have great guys. <laughs> well, and not to make you choose between your kids anymore, but uh, as far as players are concerned, you already mentioned a couple of them uh, that'll be taking the, the field this year, but are, are there any big names that maybe the casual, maybe not the, the, the hardcore football fans like those of us who host the show, sure. are, 
the casual fans, any any ones that they can recognize possibly other than Matt Elam? You know, Matt Elam was one, and I can tell you, it's kind of funny how everything goes around. I actually knew his brother a long time ago. I was his brother's attorney. I uh, knew Matt and, and saw him uh, kind of go through, you know, college football all the way uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and he uh, just re- was a tremendous guy, a tremendous player, and I think he's going to be asset uh, with Orlando. Uh, there's one kid uh, that I'm looking, for, uh, looking uh, forward to see him compete. Uh, from uh, last chance you uh, was the quarterback uh, of that team. And, you know, here's a guy that, uh, you know, if you watch that uh, show with Coach Brown, uh, was just a tremendous athlete. Uh, you know, I think some, some people would criticize uh, that he had too much me, me, me. Uh, on that season. Uh, However, you know, having guys that say, look, you know, we got seconds left on the clock, uh, you know, do I shoot or pass? And they say, no, give me the ball. I mean, there's something Michael Jordan-esque about it. Uh, And that's the type of talent type of guys we want. So, you know, he's going to take on the reins uh, in Albany. Uh, And so I'm looking forward to to seeing him compete. Uh, You know, we have guys that, uh, you know, coached under uh, 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 in all, uh, not Albany, uh, with uh, Alabama Crimson Tide uh, in won national championships. And so, you know, the list goes on and on. And, you know, while picking certain players uh, out, um, I'm also interested in the guys that you haven't heard. You know, there are guys that um, uh, that you'll see uh, just even at Minnesota. I know some of them uh, got picked up. They're running four threes in the 40. You know, how do these guys get missed? And I've always said, you know, sooner or later, you know, I was going to write a book, you know, when you're you know, not winning or uh, nothing's going well, you know, into coaches look to the bench stupid because there's so many talented guys who are just sitting waiting for their tur- turn and they just need an opportunity. The opportunity comes with luck. Uh, it comes with unfortunately like Tom Brady when somebody gets hurt uh, and then you know and then Tom Brady in my opinion one of the best quarterbacks to ever lace it up um, uh, so I think these opportunities for the AFL are just we're going to see these storylines and we're going to you know uh, put a put a light on these guys because um, I you know this there's just a tremendous amount of talent a tremendous amount of passion so I, I'm going to tell you you know there's uh, uh, there's one kid I cannot remember his name um, he plays for Rapid City, and Rapid City historically has not ever had a good season. But this kid was six foot six. Uh, played for the University of Alabama, and I can tell you, he had fire in his eyes. He was so grateful that the arena football coming back. I mean, this is a guy that uh, if you don't have a mobile quarterback, I, I, I fear for you. So, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, the, the list goes on and on with these guys, and I think you know the 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 proof is going to be in the pudding when these guys play because I think now guys are faster, uh, they're stronger, and I think the intelligence because of the technology that we have. Uh, that you know they can get the plays and watch it on the sideline, the film that they're watching on a daily basis. I mean, we're treating these guys as professional athletes, uh, and they're going to be every bit of the professional in the field. Well, and you're not just giving these players the opportunity to showcase their talents, but you're actually breaking down some barriers outside of that as well in management, in, in mm-hmm. your own position, by the way, uh, as commissioner of this league as well. So what does this mean to bring opportunities to, again, like you have the first Latina in a sports owner in in 
all of uh, sports and football, right? So I mean, this, this, is big, this is a big deal. So what what kind of opportunities are you affording to other folks out there? And, and what does that effect have on this league in particular? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people said, well, this is kind of like the Taylor Swift effect. And while, you know, uh, uh, I have been to many Taylor Swift concerts because of uh, my wife and my daughter. <laughs> so shout out to Taylor Swift. Uh, but but the Taylor Swift effect, we got to analyze it a little bit more. And, you know, nobody would know that Taylor Swift was there had they not been at the games already. And so when you look at the power of the purse, uh, a lot of the NFL games and the tickets that were being sold, 55%, if not more, were sold to women. Uh, single moms, uh, in fact, taking their sons. And when their sons go, their daughters come. There's this cultural push with this urban wear where young ladies are wearing jerseys and they're they're going to games watching their favorite player. Um, football has a little struggle with, with fan engagement because we wear a helmet. Uh, uh, but with social media, that has drawn people a little bit closer. Uh, and so, you know, you get a football player that dates a, a famous influencer uh, or even Taylor Swift, the thing, you know, that just, it, it becomes ubiquitous uh, out there as far as what football does. Now you have more or uh, diverse people going to the uh, to the stadiums. And because they're going, I think uh, uh, whether you be uh, an indoor football league or an outdoor football league, large or small, you have to listen uh, because that's where, you know, dollars and cents comes in sustainability of a league. Um, um, we also, you know, technology is a big thing. Uh, young people want that social media craze. So uh, this is why we're curating halftime shows. This is why we're pushing on that. And so, you know, even dovetailing back into having uh, by design a Latina owner. Um, uh, and that came about when um, when I was at the Super Bowl in uh, uh, Arizona. And then you have the commercial with Deanna Flores, uh, who was uh, the very talented uh, female uh, flag football uh, player from Mexico. And what they did to just show um, uh, this impact of, of, of young ladies in football uh, and then the impact in Mexico. So the first thing I did, I have a law office in Mexico. I started calling people in Mexico and the uh, amount of love for American football uh, was there and said, you know, we feel like we get overlooked. We want it too. Uh, and so once we announced uh, the Latino female, we're getting calls from uh, soccer clubs, the Tigres to do uh, 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 exhibition games. Uh, you know, we have uh, some potential of doing arena football uh, in Mexico, uh, also in some other areas. And so, you know, um, I want to get to where we want to go uh, organically uh, and not too quickly because I am uh, 100% dedicated to making sure this season goes well uh, and that we're sustainable uh, for the next couple of seasons. Uh, once I feel like we're comfortable, then I'll start really engaging in conversations. But I do think the, uh, you know, thinking outside the boxing and about opportunities, uh, this uh, partnership we have with the Olympics, because that's going to take us internationally. And we just can't consider fans of of, 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 of a certain, um, uh, we got to consider diverse fans wherever they come. And that means even people who 
Uh, I've been talking to a couple of gentlemen. Uh, one is hard of hearing and one is visually impaired, you know, and they love arena football <laughs> and they can, they can tell you, uh, I, you know, the history of the game better than anybody. Uh, and so making sure that they enjoy or are able to enjoy it just like everybody else, uh, which means, you know, giving them opportunities and giving that uh, uh, set of fans uh, opportunities to really kind of engage in the family partnership. Uh, but I, I I think this is something that uh, really means home to me. Uh, and I think if uh, we pull back the layers, um, when it comes to arena football, many of the coaches uh, that had the opportunities to coach in arena football, uh, uh, who were uh, coaches of color, um, did not uh, have opportunities at the other levels. So arena football really was kind of the uh, landing board for them. Uh, and so, you know, some of our partnership is not only going to allow players to go to other uh, other leagues, uh, but we're also going to make some effort to have coaches uh, go with internships and other things. And I've, I've talked to uh, some really fantastic uh, female coaches who are coaching in the NFL now. Uh, we're going to bring some female coaches in, and I can tell you this, um, um, really, I think our own limitations uh, come uh, because we don't think bigger and better. Uh, and if anybody knows me, uh, I get excited about this. Sometimes I have to slow myself down. That's what Travel's for. <laughs> but I'm kind of one of those guys, here's my idea, get it done. Uh, so we're, we're really excited. And we're also excited about the opportunities and, and being trailblazers here. I think anybody who is uh, a ground floor to the ceiling type of a person needs that rain in type of a person. But, exactly. I, 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 you know, you got to have the vision to be able to bring this kind of thing to life. I know that, you know, I've, I've covered several other smaller leagues as well. Mm-hmm. And for those guys, it's always like a, a mad hustle to get to the starting line. And, and when you get there, it, it's a big sigh, like you said, a big sigh of relief. And you're just like, okay, let's get this thing in motion. So, Definitely excited to watch this happen. We could be here forever, and and I know that we probably should. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. But I want you to just sort of give your final pitch to everybody out there as far as what we can expect from this this uh, arena football league iteration. Um, what we as fans can do to help the league, and uh, and just basically an overall message as to to the the direction of where we're going from here. Absolutely. You know, I can tell you, I I usually kind of do it in uh, a couple of C's. Uh, We want to be creative in delivering this content, uh, which is the reason why we're doing the broadcasting, the streaming, uh, podcast, and uh, being available. I I also uh, want uh, fans to be engaged, uh, which means that, um, you know, there are a lot of times and I can't get back to everyone. uh, But, you know, it's very... uh, unusual for a commissioner to have to reach by a fan and say, yeah, I, I hear you. I also see the criticism, but I hear you. I'll, I'll, I'll correct it, but I also engage. And I've, I've, I've had great conversations with fans uh, who asked me about Philadelphia and Georgia. And, you know, sometimes it's hard because I can't give out information because of our partners. I, I have certain schedules uh, that they want to give it out. Uh, but I want to be accessible uh, to fans. Uh, so you're going to see me at a lot of games. 
games uh, across the country. Uh, I made it a point to uh, be at every game, uh, uh, every team's game at least once or twice throughout the season. Um, I want fans to come up to me, uh, engage in a conversation. I'm not uh, short on words, so I, I, I actually welcome that. And I think number three, it really goes down to support. Um, yeah, you know, and, and that support comes in a variety of ways. I mean, obviously we want people to come out, uh, and, and, and purchase the product in a sense. Um, uh, but we also want them to, um, really, um, uh, you know, buy into if we if we sold them on the concept of this type of entertainment, because I see this opportunity where, uh, right now, arguably, the NFL uh, sits in college football sits at the number one most watched sport in the United States. Um, there's some other leagues that are trying to rebrand themselves, you know, in season tournaments. There's some other leagues that uh, probably are on life support. And those are some of the spring uh, spring leads that hit a ball with a wooden bat, yeah, you know, and they're, tra- they're trying to find their place again. And what I want to do is um, I kind of position the AFL in that top three. Uh, of most watched sports. And I think the only way we can do that uh, is with fan support. Uh, And, um, uh, you know, if there's criticism, let us know. Uh, You know, the one thing that I've learned in owning many businesses, there's that little saying that customers are always right. Uh, And I've said, you know what, customers are all wrong a lot. (laughs) You know, sometimes they say, ah, that's not right. But the one thing that I always bought into is customers always need to be serviced. And so, um, you know, reach out to me, uh, reach out to our team owners, force us to be better uh, every year. uh, And at the same time, we're going to have some really cool merchandise that's going to come out. Uh, So I want to see everybody in some AFL gear. Um, There's going to be new memorabilia. You know, I want to I'm designing a commemorative coin uh, for the coin toss. Uh, the footballs by Wilson are going to come out. I mean, there's just going to be some really good stuff when they look back. Uh, I don't want them to see uh, this as uh, a Lee Hutton or Travell or even the owners uh, kind of doing this. We're all in this together. I mean, even this podcast uh, is really part of the mission and part of the um, the push going forward. And when we look back, I, I think we're going to be very proud uh, of what we all accomplished. It all starts very, very soon, probably sooner than you probably even know. I know. Imagine. The days are counting, aren't they? <laughs> they certainly are. Uh, all right. The head commissioner, everyone, Lee Hutton. Lee, we are going to let you go to finish uh, planning all of this stuff for us. you got more important things to do than talk to me right now. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to to getting this kicked off and, and to talking to you more over the course of the season. This won't be our last conversation for sure. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Thank you, commissioner, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you much. Thank you.